if I'm commissioner of the NBA, you just slapped me in the face and told me that it, it didn't matter what we did. You don't take us seriously. It's time to come down with the hammer. Half a season is what I'd like to see. Let him pay for it. Davis, Chris Minor, and Nick the Doc Sterkowitz. Hello and good evening and welcome to this My Miami Heat Stole Game 1 on the Road in the Garden episode of All About the Balls podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis, always live from the Sack House, joined by the two greatest co-hosts you could ask for, Chris Minehart, Nick the Doc Sterkowitz. Boys, you can hear it in my voice. I'm excited. My boys are up 1-0, stole a whole game, which was the goal. Chris, you chose Boston in six games. Sorry, I don't know if you have that confidence still. You did. We picked it Monday. How are you doing since we last spoke, my friend? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm hyped after that Lakers-Nuggets game, too. The end of that game was amazing. We'll talk about that later. We'll also dig into the Heat versus Celtics game one, but I still have the confidence that the Celtics are going to pull it out in game six. Yeah, good to hear you have that confidence still. Hopefully you're wrong. And, Doc, you were on that same limb. Oh, I guess it was more of a tree branch because we're the underdogs as, you know, you chose uh, the same team Chris did at Boston, I believe in six as well. Doc, just want to remind you as well, you are 12th in the redraft league uh, for fantasy football. Always like to let you know that so you can keep preparing. How have you been since we last spoke, my friend? Well, I mean, since the, the rigged drafts orders came out, I mean, I've developed a bit of a drinking habit, uh, so I'm dealing with that. But uh, otherwise, no. I mean, otherwise, uh, all good. I do believe that you have a new drinking habit every single episode that we like to record. So glad this year or this time it could be me and Chris and the league kind of fucking you over. Once again, sorry I got outnumbered on that one in that vote. But, boys, this is it. This is going to be a hopefully a great episode, the little rundown, a little preview. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL headlines of the few that we have that have come out the last couple days. Also, we're going to do a – Let's do a way too early mock draft of uh, our redraft league, which is our main league that we say, uh, Doc, that's that's a term we use since you're new. Also, we're going to cover a little John Morant since we missed it on Monday. Uh, that's my fault, boys. I'll take that one on the yeah. chin. Yeah, um, you're, you're fucking yeah. right. That's your bow, fault. Bow. Yeah, my fault. And we'll also, like Chris said, talk about the Miami-Boston series and talk about the Nuggets-Lakers series who just wrapped up their second game um, out in Denver. But, boys, like I said, to start off, we're going to talk NFL, and what seems to be the biggest headline going around the NFL world is Devontae Adams doing something very uncharacteristic of himself. Back in Green Bay, he didn't really talk to the media and call out players and call out owner or management, but he did say he does not see eye-to-eye with the Las Vegas Raiders offensive game plan. I feel that's more of a shot at Josh McDaniels right now and you know them getting rid of Derek Carr, bringing in Jimmy G, Chris, I know you've been saying it to me and Luke in our chat. Is this it? Is this the last year for Devontae Adams out there in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, once I saw Derek Carr leave, I hit you and Luke up, and I was like, Adams is going to leave after, before his contract's up. The only reason he went to the Raiders is because his Fresno teammate, Derek Carr, and now he's gone. It's only a matter of time until Adams is gone. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not sure how confident I am as you are that I'm more leaning 60% he's gone, 40% uh, he's staying. And, uh, Doc, um, are you 
okay, maybe like fine with the way he addressed it. Instead of saying we aren't, you know, maybe at that level we want to be offensively, he kind of seemed more selfish, you know, maybe in the media's eyes saying I, I, I am not okay with it. Are you fine with the way he addressed it and just came out of nowhere with it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The guy's proven that he can ball out. Come out and call out the bullshit. You you had a franchise quarterback that wasn't working out in Derek Carr. You had an opportunity to make a splash in the draft to make a true change for the franchise for the future. And what did you do? You went and picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. You went and picked up fucking Derek Carr 1.5. I'm not even going to say 2.0 because it's not even the same level as Derek Carr. You picked up a fucking Derek Carr 1.5. I, 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 have, I have no, like, animosity for Devontae Adams to come out and call that out because hopefully this puts a boot in Las Vegas' ass Puts a boot at the Raiders' ass, lets them know, hey, it's time to come out here. It's time to play. Develop a game plan that we can win with. The play call's been shit. The execution's been shit. Adam's been about the only guy in that team that's that's been able to perform. The rest of the offense production has been down from recent years. So, 100%, I'm on board. I love it. I love the Adams. Minus, Let's go, baby. And balled out in fantasy for me last year. It's my dog. Minus, like you said, the whole offense has struggled besides Josh Jacobs and uh, Devontae Adams. But, um I mean, I'm not 100% fine with it. I understand, like, you know, you are the best player on the team, you know, and that's maybe why I think he should be kind of more humble with it, say the team, so it doesn't look as bad for future teams that might want to grab him. And speaking of a boot in their ass, Chris. But it's it's not about – it's not about – hang on. It's not about it being selfish or, or me or I or anything else. It's about calling out the bullshit and getting the team on track. It's about trying to, to, to pump the guys up. This is a guy that knows how to handle the locker room, knows how to take control. This is a guy that's going to come out here and say, hey, look, what we're doing right now isn't working. It didn't work last year. It ain't going to work this year. I can tell you that right now. And it's time to start making changes. And hopefully this is what's going to be to get him on track. But, yeah, Doc, I mean, does Derek Carr pick up porn stars? Does, does Derek Carr date porn stars? No, but Jimmy G does. You got a valid point there. You got a valid point there. But is that what the NFL is about? Sure, sure. That that's what the NFL. That's what playing professional football is about. But I, I don't know. I, well, I, I was that, I was never happy with that Jimmy G pickup. I won't be happy with it. I don't give a shit if the Raiders win a Super Bowl. It's still going to be a bad move in my opinion because when you go back to the 49ers and the offense and, and the team that they had, there was not a Jimmy G fucking offense. That was a Debo Samuel. That was a running back offense. It was a defense. That was not Jimmy G. This was not the guy to bring in here when you are refusing to do a full uh, rebuild, break down and rebuild into a team. This was the, the probably the worst quarterback move that you could have made. It was this or J- Jameis Winston. And I would have I taken Jameis. And Jimmy G definitely cost that Super Bowl. I mean, they were up 11 going into the, the fourth quarter, and he overthrew the guy can't Manuel pass. Sanders. I mean, yeah, he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders with 234 left. That would have taken the lead, not or a minute 34 in the game. Not saying they would have won the game because, you know, Mahomes could still drive the ball, but still would have put that in the position to have the lead, have the defense that they had stopped him, even though the Chiefs were hot. Yeah. And, Chris, speaking of that boot in the ass that Doc said, is this once again the Las Vegas Raiders who used to be known as the Oakland Raiders? Is this them once again re- thinking they're rebuilding, retooling? Is this another shit show uh, organization move that they're just going to keep doing? Yeah, I mean, the Raiders have been throwing themselves in the blender the past, what, fucking four or five years? They, they're they like they're Indy. Tonight. They love staying two, mediocre. More, more like two decades. They've had a couple seasons in that two decades, but it's been like two decades of just misery from the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get their shit together, and hopefully, hopefully they can get something going.
And Doc, speaking of getting going, let's say they, they can't get going. Let's say by the trade deadline, Devontae Adams is still frustrated, and you know you can see it on the field, you can you can hear it in the media. Is he dealt? And if so, what team like would you be like, or what team do you think is gonna jump at him? Obviously, you know, you have these teams like the Bills and all that, but what team do you think would fit for Devontae Adams to put them over that hump and make that deep playoff run? Well, you know what I'm gonna say. You know what I'm going to say? If the Bears are looking good, the Bears have the draft capital to not sell the house but still be able to give up some capital to get them. Um, I like what the Bears have done so far with the, with the wide receiver core, so I think that we're looking sharp, and I think Devontae Adams might be what takes us over the top. Uh, as far as going back to as far as is he dealt, um, it would be stupid not to, to to sell him before the contract's up. You know he's not coming back. I'll tell you right now, hand to God, he's not coming back to Las Vegas. Uh, like Chris said, he only came back to, to team back up with Derek Carr. And after all the shit show with Derek Carr, uh, Devontae Adams kind of felt like a slap in the face for that. Uh, you know, some misleading there. Um, I think that, yeah, you, you've got to sell him before the deadline. Get what you can for him because you know he ain't coming back. But if I'm a bet man, the Raiders are going to stay shitty and, and they're not going to make the move. But they'll probably end up selling him for like a fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, and I think they gave up a. I think well, I think they got a. I think they get first, just one first rounder for him, and I think a second um, as well. So I mean, you should at least get something back, like some second rounders for Devontae Adams. He still got. I think he is still a, think, a first round. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, three. To, I think he has three to four years left still, like a, a pr- really productive, productive ball. He doesn't really take many hits. It seems like he's been very healthy his career, and I just think that. A team like Chicago, I don't think they deal him in the AFC just because they want to keep him out of that conference. A team like Chicago, yeah, why, why not? Um, maybe like a team like Minnesota who needs still receivers. You know, like teams like maybe the 49ers that pounce on them, things like that. Like there's going to be those teams that are in win mode now. And, I mean, I think it would be a good move for them to do or a team to and do he's, And he's a guy that is going to help you win now. And that's what's going to make oh, his yeah. his – stock so high it, it's it's i mean yeah three four years left to play is still great but the reality is you've got him for the rest of his contract it's going to be who, who's ready to win now and who's willing to pay the highest price yeah and i agree and uh chris i know that you addressed this with me and i mean i personally don't give two shits about this next topic just because i can't stand the fucking man i i think he was a talented receiver when he was in the nfl obviously he's diva attitude and money and maybe uh, perfect from the Bengals, knocked him out too many times, maybe gave him too many concussions. Antonio Brown, I guess, apparently told someone he's going to play for the Albany Empire and the Arena Football League, a team that he owns but said he doesn't own. So kind of confused on his what mindset is now. Are you ex- are you excited does, for this? Is this kind of make does Albany, the NFL? Does Albany know that he's playing for them? <laughs> well, he, he's the owner, I mean, so I, I don't know. I'm still – I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Yeah, I mean, sovereign citizen – Antonio Brown, I mean, he definitely had one of the chances to be the best wide receiver in NFL history. He did some stupid stuff, still doing some stupid stuff. But I think it'd be interesting to see him back in um, some pads playing as wide receiver. So I'm excited for it. Would you watch the AFL if, if he plays? I'd probably only watch the game he plays. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably catch his highlights on Twitter whenever I'm bored at night about to hit the hit the bed. Doc, I mean, I don't give a shit. I mean, do you honestly care about Tony Brown in the AFL? No, I think the guy is a mental case. Um, I think that there's some deeper issues at the root, and I think that he's got to get some help before, uh, you know, anything is relevant with him again. As far as what I watch, uh, yeah, probably not. 
Probably not. I mean, the defense is probably the next uh, worst thing to the Charmin Basketball Association. If I wanted to fucking watch a a uh, football game with NBA style scoring, you know, I would just watch the NBA, and I hate that shit. So, and uh, yeah, let's just move on from Tony Brown. But speaking of his <laughs> Tony Brown, he used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and. Chris brought up a good point. I mean, we know Kenny Pickett is the quarterback of the future there. He's a starting quarterback. Once again, they signed Mason Rudolph to a one-year extension, and they brought back or they extended Mitchell Trubisky for another two years. So it's kind of a more of a battle for backup. Doc, I mean, you had Mitchell Trubisky on the Bears. We, we've talked many times that Matt Nagy didn't really develop him. He had he had some talent. I mean, I wasn't a fan of – he was the first QB drafted in that class with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes there. You think Anthony that Richardson – you think uh, Trubisky's going to be that backup QB? Yeah, 100%. Um, I was not a fan of Mason Rudolph um, and and what he did in his time in, in Pittsburgh starting or playing. Um, I think you've got to go with the experience over everything else. I think Mitch still has a lot that he can prove. I think that he's still a pretty a pretty decent quarterback. I think that Matt Nagy you know, kept the training wheels on too long. I think that there's a lot of potential to be had there. I'm still going to go I'm, – I'm going to go on the limb here. I'm going to go on the limb here, and I'm going to say the ceiling is still pretty high for Trubisky. Um, I think Kenny Pickey, yeah, like you said, is the is the future of Pittsburgh, but I think that Mitch – I think old Mitch can get my own for the money. I mean, and you never know. Like, Gino – it took Gino a little while from the New York Jet days. He, Jets days. He I think got drafted in 2013, and, you know, he started – he finally got that true chance. Well, it took I mean, him nine years, dude. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he was a backup like Mitch. Maybe Mitch will have that same route. We never know. I'm not – I think his time as a starter, Mitch like he might be like Chase Daniels, he comes in. I mean, I mean, I, he's athletic enough to play the game. Don't get me wrong; he can definitely run. He's yeah. got, a, he's got. He an just arm. need weapons in an offensive line. Yeah, and Chris, do you think this is good for the Steelers? Bringing both veteran QBs, let them battle for backup, and in the old long run, who you think is going to be the backup for behind Kenny? Veteran's a pretty loose term for for Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I agree with Doc there. I mean, I think this is just for cap space. I think this is a move just so his cap isn't as big for next year, but I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to be the backup. He'll yeah, probably be I, slinging the ball in the XFL. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Just because they gave him a longer extension, so that you know that's the more the money there, so that just shows that they're more invested in Trubisky. Well, and that helmet to the head from Miles Garrett really took a lot of talent out of that dome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. That's what he's most known for, and that's what he's like. That's all he's known for. There's nothing else. When you say Mason Rudolph, nobody pictures a touchdown. Nobody pictures a great play. Nobody pictures nothing. Everybody pictures the fucking helmet coming right at the dome, a full hard swing from Miles Garrett. That's all everybody sees because that's all he's known for because he's dog shit. And to be honest, that was probably one of the best moments on Thursday Night Football. Definitely, definitely loved that. Oh, solid. <laughs> solid. Oh, yeah. Loved it. And moving on, something that uh, I, I love it. It's not just because I watched the show, but Pat McAfee and his boys are going to be now going to ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Plus, and the YouTube channel for ESPN. And from noon to two during the fall, which is now their new deal. Honestly, to me, the reason why this is big is because it's kind of getting the what is the talk sports, the debating talking negative about players, attacking them, and moving that aside a little bit and bringing in more of a positive outlook on a show like Pat McAfee. Yes, they have a little bit of more of a filter, you know, more of a loose cannon when it comes to their, their language. He did say they won't say the word fuck nearly as much. So it's still going to slip from time to time. Fuck that. Jordan, 
Well, he thanked Michael Jordan for the last dance because MJ was dropping fuck a lot. They dropped fuck a lot on the similar cast that they do on ESPN2 and when they covered the college football game, playoff games in the during the during on the sideline. So they've definitely dropped it on ESPN already. I, I do think that this is great for it because it's a different type of show. It's definitely characters that are hilarious. They're out there. I think it's going to push the older generation aside, let the younger generation push that envelope. He obviously came on the college game day crew. It definitely brought a lot more light to the show. I was more excited watching it because he was there. Chris, you think this is big for the younger generation? Yeah, no, this is huge for Pat and his crew. And this is definitely big for like us millennials. Like we're getting the suits and ties off the screen and we're getting Pat daddy right there in front of us, just bullshitting for an hour and his games when he's on the sideline are probably the most entertaining games that I've ever watched. Not just the games, it's the segments he has, like literally he wears a black tank top. He he wore a black tank top literally underneath a sports blazer at college game day. Wore a day. suit on and college wore, game day. Well, that's because it's well he had well he did he's done it in certain moments because it was his first show. He had to look nice in some areas. He he knows he had to have style. He doesn't normally own that stuff and I, I like it. I mean I, I definitely think it's great for guys like us that are doing a podcast, other shows that are trying to you know, get get a foot in the door and you know it just shows that you don't have to be that that nice clean suit guy i mean they don't ever have a game plan if you watch their the twitter like segment they did where they were kind of bullshitting that hey they're doing like their tie-ins they're uh sorry uh yeah tie-in suits now they're no more talking about gambling but doc i think this is big for guys like us too you, you think that podcast and future shows it's gonna kind of be more of an enlightening show more than a you know a b c d block type of show Hey, it's got to be enlightening. It's got to be positive, okay? It's all about participation trophies right now in today's day and age. Um, so everybody is an MVP. Um, I think what we need to do going forward in all, of our, in all of our professional sports is we need to take away the MVP. We need to just designate the one person that's not an MVP. Really chastise that one person to hopefully make them better because everybody else, as long as you play, you're an MVP. I think Stay the woke. difference, though, I think the difference between Pac, though, being like he's like they are really positive, but they still call players out. They still they hold them accountable. Oh, no, I don't mean this is anything against okay. Pat specifically. No, I, I just in general, I'm just saying. And that's just what the it's more going off of what you said about like, oh, this is the new whatever. This is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. The new generation. And it's like the new generation is soft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how ESPN is going to handle this, how they're going to let Because like you said, he sells full control. He he said it's his show, and, you know, he has demands, and, you know, ESPN gave it to him. And, I mean, they're gonna, he's going to bring him a lot of money, so that's why. But moving on to our way early mock draft for the redraft league that we have all about the balls, uh, fantasy league for our ESPN league. Um, Chris is going to pull up. And on Sleeper, this is where we're going to do it at uh, just because it's easier. Uh, well, there's you can actually pick your spot. So, like, you pull up right now. Chris is four. I'm nine. And uh, Doc is 12. And we're going to do mocks down the line. Not all the time, but, you know, occasionally. And we'll split up our, our draft order. We'll, like, maybe move around kind of so that you fans can see what we think should happen. We're also going to break down the, the picks. So, you know, you have, like, your Chris McCaffrey's, your Jefferson's. Your Jamar Chase, JT, Eckler, Cooper Cup is your top six. So in our mind, my mind, my opinion at least is that running backs are really important in redraft league. I feel like receivers you can get way down the line. But if you're towards the end of the draft like me and Doc, 
running back receiver, receiver running back. You kind of got to know your order. Doc, unfortunately, has been in the league, so he doesn't have a history of how we all draft. And I mean, he can see the draft history, but it's different between reading it and actually being, you know, experienced with it. Doc, I know you said last year running backs, you kind of found gems later in the draft. Kenneth Walker was later in the draft. Nick Chubb was in the second, third round, later second, early third. You think this year it kind of goes back to the, you know, running backs are more important, or you can kind of find some like late steals with running backs? Um, I mean, there, there's always the opportunity for late steals, but I think the running back, as far as when you're going to take a guy or whatever, I think a lot of it is dependent on the style of running back. I mean, if you're talking like a Christian McCaffrey, that's a dual threat of Saquon Barkley, something like that. That's a guy you got to lock down. I mean, it, it, as long as the injuries are looking better and the longevity, uh, but this is a redraft league. So you just need to play this year, but um, it, it just depends on, on what you're going to get out of him. Every yeah, player and I is agree, different. Chris. I know we've had in our, our league, I always emphasize quarterbacks, quarterbacks, you can get them. I got lucky because I took Josh Allen going into the the fourth, fifth round, and I paired him with Gabe Davis. But Josh Allen worked for me. But that's where I feel like you can get those top three or four QBs in the fourth, fifth round. And if you don't you don't have to reach first, second round, if you can't get him in the fourth or fifth, then move on. You, you can find like a, a Derek Carr. I mean, there's a year I had Matt Ryan as number one quarterback, and I got him like with my 12th pick. So – Definitely, uh, you think quarterbacks? You, you, where would you risk quarterbacks at? You know, in a redraft league. I'm taking Matt Ryan this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the days of reaching for Lamar and Patty in like the second, third rounds over—they're not going to win you the championship. You're going to have to wait till that fifth, sixth round and pick up that middle mediocre quarterback and focus on your key playmakers. Yeah, and with that being said. We're going to start this mock draft. We're going to read it off to you guys that are on Spotify and Apple just because you kind of can't see uh, what we see and what the YouTube uh, viewers are looking at. So we're going to start right now. It's going to be computer-based. So like I said, we got Chris McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler off the board. Uh, that's the top three. Now Chris is up. So once again, like I said, that's that two running backs, boys, that you know you have that receiver that snuck into the top three. Doc, are you surprised that Chase is number two over Jefferson? Um. I, I'd say that I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I think Jefferson is definitely uh, the better play. I mean, having a subpar quarterback to what I think uh, Christian Kirk is going to, or um, I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins is going to be subpar to Joe Burrow. Um, so the fact that Jefferson can put up the better numbers, I think, is is definitely surprising. Chris is definitely taking this whole minute to make a pick in fantasy in a mock draft, I guess. I'm sorry. Uh, he I was went Justin Jefferson. He's an LSU boy, so it's a little biased. Uh, you got JT that went five. That's interesting because he had a kind of an off year. He had some injuries. Kelsey Chris, you think six. JT's going to be back this year? JT might be back. I don't think he's going to be up there with the, the top three quarterback or top three running backs, but he'll be up there at least top I mean, ten. Like, like Doc said, he was kind of surprised. Travis Kelsey went six. Honestly, in a redraft league, tight ends are very important. If you can get that top two, top three tight ends, I believe that can actually win you a league. Travis Kelsey. If he's Zach there, at 12, definitely I know Doc's, did win me a league one year. I know Doc's got him at twelve. He might go for him. Um, oh, I'm actually on the board. I thought I'm used to the re, the dynasty league. So Cooper Cup went seven, and Derrick Henry went eight. So I'm on the board here. You know, you got eighteen seconds. Um, do I go running back? Do I go receiver? I think with all, a lot of these guys, <clears throat> I could definitely go. Um, I'm gonna go Tyree Kill. Actually, I am one hundred percent with the first pick I, I, for two girls, one cup. 
In the 2023 redraft league, two girls, one cup selects Devontae Adams, wide receiver for Las Vegas. As much shit as I talked about Jimmy G, I think Devontae Adams is the play. And I'm going to back that up, and I'm going to go next. Ooh. Ooh. To be honest, boys, we, we, uh, I don't think that uh, – sorry to cut you off, Doc. I don't see uh, the rookies on here, even though it says rookies are supposed to be in the draft. Because Bijan's not up there, and neither are any of the rookie. Uh... Well, because Bijan is higher rated in the in the dynasty because of longevity. No, I mean, if you click on the running backs, you definitely don't see him at all. You don't see any of the receivers as well. You don't see any of the quarterbacks. Even though it says available players is all, um, I'm not sure where, where he's at. Why can I not fucking? I mean, I don't know if you guys see it, but the rookies aren't, aren't in here. Oh, no, I see AR. Where's... Where's Bijan? Oh, Bijan. Wow. I don't think that this is, I don't think Sleeper's got the same rankings as ESPN. I mean, they have Bijan in the hundred and um the hundreds. So I don't if you listeners are out there listening, you aren't gonna get that. So after Tyreek Kill that I chose, it went Stefan Diggs, it went CeeDee Lamb. Doc chose Adams, paired him with Saquon Barkley. Josh Allen, once again, so I'm saying that reach right there, it's a bot, so it might not be like that for your leagues, but you never know. Players might do that still. Nick Chubb, the guy I had last year, went 10. I'm on the clock. I was so torn between go- Chubb and Barkley. I am going to have to draft it because I want to draft realistically. I don't think Bijan, honestly, is going to be the 107th ranked player in the ESPN uh, league. So I am going Bijan Robinson to pair with Tyree Kill. And then that follows uh, Dalvin Cook, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and now Chris is on the board. Once again, he got Justin Jefferson, yeah, six more who I do think will be wide receiver one in fantasy this year. If you guys have any – if you guys want to take that to heart, I think that Jefferson will be receiver one. So if you want to find the rookies, it looks like that they are just ranked a little low. I don't think sleepers updated them for a redraft league. Um, take that with a grain of salt as we're drafting this. So it might be a little inaccurate, but just know that that's where we're drafting at. Um. Chris is yeah, so I'm gonna look. Uh, I'm gonna go running back here. I'm gonna pair it up with like, like you said, Mark, probably the number one wide receiver here. And I don't think I'm gonna get another decent running back when it comes back around to me in the third round. So I'm gonna go Josh Jacobs here. I think it's a solid pick. He's obviously on a franchise tag year, so he is playing for a contract essentially. So circling back, it went Jalen Waddle, uh, Mon St. Brown from the Lions, and Najee Harris around Ralph round two. Followed by Brett, Brees Hall. So the first bot chose three running backs, McCaffrey, Harris, Hall. And then team two went T. Higgins. Team three went Mark Andrews. Second tight end went third round. Chris is back on the board. Doc, I, I like what you did right there with Saquon and Adams. Sa- Saquon definitely proved if he's healthy, he's a, he's a stud. Oh, he's still and putting up numbers. A, yeah. It's a steal right there. I, I definitely think that we overestimated that one last year. Um, at least I did because I was afraid to touch him. And if you had him last year, he got you to the playoffs. He definitely was – I mean, he kind of disappeared a little bit at the end of the year, but um, definitely worth it. The Giants, I think, are finding their way, so it will be there. Chris is looking at all the players. It looks like he's hovering over Kenneth Walker from Seattle. Looks like he's looking at other sports. He went Kenneth Walker, who was a steal last year. Um, followed by that, it was Keenan Allen, Travis Etienne, Debo Samuel, the, the fourth quarterback, in the, which is the third round, Joe Slant, Joe Burrow in the, the eighth pick of that round. I'm on the clock um, with the ninth pick in the third round. And I'm going to go Devontae Smith out of Philadelphia to pair with Tyree Kill. 
and B. John Robinson. Hook'em horns, baby. Hook'em horns. After that, it was DK Metcalf, followed by Joe Mixon. Interesting pick. You got to watch Joe. He's got some legal charges going on. Doc's on the board right now. Like I said, he's got Devontae Adams and Saquon Barkley. Chris, how do you feel about your draft right now with Jefferson, Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I got top wide receiver and I got two decent running backs that are both going to be the starting running back, not really in a committee. So I'm feeling pretty solid here. And Doc went tight end, the first one out of us. He went George Kittle from the 49ers. Uh, not sure the quarterback is going to be throwing the ball. When Brock was in, they targeted him a lot more. When Jimmy was there, and uh, we didn't see Trey Lance much. Jimmy G didn't really target George Kill at nearly as much. So if Brock's in there, that's actually a good a good spot uh, for tight end. Like I said, tight ends kind of are very important in my mind with uh, the league, just because they're hard to find. I mean, that was, outside Kelsey, it's hard. <laughs> Doc then went. Tony Pollard's coming off an ACL, and then Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift. I'm on the clock. And, you know, I am looking at tight end. I see TJ Hawkinson who balled out with, you know, Kirk Chains, Kirko Chains out there in Minnesota. I am going to go TJ Hawkinson out of Minnesota. I'm going to take a tight end. Uh, that was followed by Garrett Wilson and Mari Cooper, DJ Moore, Stevenson from the Patriots. Doc, you confident with that Tony Pollard pick? I am. I think getting rid of Zeke uh, kind of solidified his role in Dallas. I think he's still got a lot of up and up form. Ceiling's still high. I like it. I like it. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that if he can come back from injury, I think he'll be the main back. I think Deuce Vaughn's going to get that running back two spot. At least over time, he'll get it. And Paulo looked like a beast out there when he played, and hopefully he can recover. I mean, I love watching the kid play. Chris is on the clock, and, you know, he's – He's looking, he's looking. Um, he's going DeAndre Hopkins from the Cardinals. No Kyler Murray. So that just means the GOAT Colt McCoy from Texas is going to be slinging the rock until Murray can get back. That was followed by Lamar Jackson, Herbert, AK. Once again, that's an interesting pick for you guys out there. We don't know if he's going to be suspended six games this year or if he's going to play right away. Michael Pittman followed that. Chris Olave, Javante Williams, those are the top three. Chris went. The old rival, Dirty Birds, Kyle Pitts returning from an injury. Desmond Ritter did throw the ball a lot more than Mariota, so maybe that might be worth it. That was followed by uh, Mike Evans, James Conner, Terry McLaurin, and Calvin Ridley. Chris, what do you think about Kyle Pitts this year for the Atlanta Falcons with Desmond Ritter as the quarterback? I mean, he's one of the outstanding tight ends. He's an absolute freak at the tight end position, so he's going to need some feeding, and I think he's going to get it from Ritter. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. And I went Tyler Lockett, so this is kind of where I was a little shaky. Mm. I do have Devontae Smith and Tyreek Hill, so I went Lockett in my flex. Um, pretty prepared in Dynasty League. You might not get Tyler Lockett this high. He might fall a little lower because of his age. Followed by that was Jerry Judy and J.K. Dobbins. I don't think Doc was happy that I chose Tyler Lockett there. Kind of made a little groan, a little moan there. Doc, you pissed that I chose Tyler Lockett? I was eyeballing him. I was eyeballing him this yeah. week. Great GMs think alike. Too bad you're pick 12, buddy, and you're not going to give it the fuck you want. So, sorry about it. Yeah. Too bad you can suck of... my – I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. Fuck it. And this is also, for you fans out there, this is kind of a test run. We're trying to prepare for, like, how we're going to do the draft because we are going to do our redraft and potentially our Dynasty League as well um, on live. That might be a longer episode, but kind of have to be able to talk through this because we don't want dead space. We don't want dead air. Chris, or Doc chose I'm Chris glad Godwin. That had to be I was explained. 
yeah, I mean, just because I'm I'm rambling off, and uh, you know, but I chose I thought about Chris Godwin as well, but I'm not confident in Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I think both players are just absolute shit. I'm not a Baker fan, and I mean Kyle Trask is unknown just because uh, he hasn't had a chance to start because Tom Brady was there for the couple years, the three years he was there. Um, Doc's still on the clock, you know. He loves to waste his time and mock drafts. If you guys haven't caught that eye, I mean, Chris called him out all the time in the the Dynasty League. Chris, what do you think about Chris Godwin this year? I don't know. I'm staying away from most of the Tampa Bay receivers. There's a lot of mouse there. There's a lot of mouse there to feed, and I don't trust Baker, and I don't trust Trask to feed him. Yeah, interesting enough, I'm looking at the quarterbacks right here, and it looks like um, it looks like Kyler Murray's still in the, the top 100. I mean, he might only miss a couple months, so maybe he can push you to that championship and a steal, but – I'm going to go uh, right here with the first quarterback off my board. For me, I'm going to go Justin Fields. I got him in the the sixth round, so, I mean, I think that's a good spot for him. You know, I have my three receivers. I Maybe I need to invest in the running back next pick. Um, but followed by that is Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, who I'm not sold on. Christian Kirk and Mike Williams, Doc. You think Cam Akers this year could have a bounce-back year, or, or is the backup going to maybe potentially steal a spot? Well, the, the, the potential for the backup seal on the spot is always a real possibility in the NFL. I mean, running backs, really, you get them for pretty much a rookie contract, and that's all. I mean, if they even make it through as a starter for the entire rookie contract. But um, I, I think it can be a bounce-back year for Cam Akers for sure. I still like the guy. I think he's he's got a lot of upside. But um, do they move him aside to avoid paying him and go with the, with the rookie? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely, they could. I mean, I – I honestly think that the Rams are a mess, and I, I honestly, I don't even know if I trust Cooper Cup this year. I don't trust they, only because of Stafford. I don't trust Stafford to be healthy. And Chris, you got three seconds, buddy. He went Christian Watson now, who's going to be Jordan Love throwing the rock. I hope Chris does this. I won't be telling him he he's got three seconds on a real draft, but followed by Christian Watson, Brandon model pick Darren a defense, Waller, and Zeke ending the, the that sixth round. Starting the seventh round, you have Damian Pierce. Isaiah Pacheco and David Montgomery. Now Chris is on the clock. So those running backs, so that's that situation I'm in, boys, where, you know, I'm in, I'm in a running back spot and they're falling. So, I mean, I don't – I mean, I'm going to probably have a running back too. Hopefully it's going to be a steal. If this is the way the draft would go, I would have to find that that running back uh, that I would need. Chris with A.J. Dillon. Uh, Cortland Sutton went next after that. Deontay Johnson followed by Hollywood Brown and Evan Ingram. So I'm on the clock here and – yeah, I just think that this is going to be it's going to be a shocker, but I'm going two rookie running backs. I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs out of the Detroit Lions. Um, so I have two rookie running backs. I have B. John and Gibbs, so I'm trusting that those young core. Dak followed me in the seventh round, pick 10. Pat Frumuth went pick 11, and then Doc's on the clock. Doc, you think Sunshine old Trevor Lawrence is going to ball up this year? Old T-Law. I like it. I think he's going to make some moves. He's going to make some waves. Trevor Lawrence, my guy for the year. Oh, with Michael Thomas. That's a really interesting pick, Doc. Just letting you know, it's a fucking dumb one because the man's not going to play this year. He's going to get hurt somewhere in the first three weeks. So, hey, you can draft him all you want. Doc. You know how many fucking people on this board are going to get hurt the first three weeks? Has anybody taken Lamar the injury Jackson yet? If the guy oh, yeah, makes it right. past week eight, I'll be shocked. I usually give Lamar 12 weeks. It's usually the last four or five that he gets hurt. Uh, Doc's back on the clock. Now starting uh, round eight, first pick. 
looking at Doc's squad, he's got Devontae Adams, Saquon, George Kittle, Tony Pollard, Chris Godwin, Trevor Lawrence, Michael Thomas. I definitely think Doc drafts a lot better for the redraft league than the old uh, dynasty league that we've drafted with him. So, Doc, you actually might win that title belt this year if you draft like this. Um, the key, boys, is to talk while Doc's picking because he gets distracted. Maybe the he time gets runs a little out. confused. Next pick. Yeah, he's only got five, four, three, two, one seconds <clears throat> left. Doc, you're on the clock, dude. Come on. I know Dalton I'm working Schultz. on it here. Dalton Schultz, James Cook, Brandon Cooks. Um, back on the clock. Uh, dude, I'm just remember somebody you want you want to you want to make a comment about about Michael Thomas getting hurt. Just remember somebody is going to take to a talk about low, okay? Just remember that is gonna happen. And I think that I mean, so this is interesting. So in redraft league, we only have it's a Two running backs, two receivers, a flex. So, you know, it's not like the, the Dynasty League where we have so many starting players. Um, I'm already kind of loaded on receivers. I have three of them. I only have the two running backs. So I kind of have to go running back here. And I'm going to go Brian Robinson out of the Washington Commanders um, out there. And Rashad White followed Gabe Davis, Juju, who I was potentially going to draft, but I needed a running back. Old playoff Lenny went right before Chris. Um, maybe he gets picked up. Uh, so Zeke and Lenny's been picked up, and they're on a team right now. But you expect them to maybe reach a roster before uh, preseason. Do you think so, Doc? Say that one more time. You think Lenny and Zeke will make the, a team before the preseason? I think Zeke will find a home, yeah. I think uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, as long as the anger is in check and he can manage to – to stay in ball games and not get suspended, I think he's got a chance to find a team. But uh, I think I think Zeke will find something. It's whether or not he's willing to take the pay cut. And then Chris Chris went George Pickens, stud rookie last year. He's got some phenomenal hands out of Georgia, followed by Traylon Burks, Antonio Gibson, and Tua wrapped up round eight. I think it's a good spot for him. I mean, it's it's a it's not really high of a risk. Starting round a nine, Kadarius Tony went, followed by Tyler Algier, Rashad Bateman. I'm excited to see Tyler Algier. I, I know I drafted Bijan, but they're going to run that one-two punch out there. Bijan, or oh, Algier was a thousand-yard rusher. Chris, you think Algier's still going to get some love, or do you think it's going to be mainly Bijan? I think it's going to be mainly Bijan. That man's a three-down back right there. Yeah, I mean Texas. That man was a freak for sure. And um, so after Chris chose uh, Jamal Williams, his New Orleans State. Backup running back. It went Kyler Murray. So team five, that's just their first quarterback. So they're gonna probably draft another quarterback. And then David Njoku went, Khalil Herbert, Daryl Mooney. Now I'm on the clock in the ninth pick of the ninth round. Um I'm looking here and I'm looking here, and I'm gonna go Adam Thielen. I think that he's receiver one for Carolina. I think he can still produce a little bit. He's gonna be on my bench most of the year anyway. So it's more of just a depth pick. Followed by Elijah Mitchell, the backup to Chris McCaffrey. Dawson Knox playing in a two-tight end system with Dalton Kincaid. Went before Kincaid in this draft, and now Doc's on the clock. Uh, Chris, looking at your roster, dude, I mean, you know, you got Jess Jefferson. You went Josh Jacobs, Walker, Hopkins, Kyle Pitts, Christian Watson, so a young receiver there with Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, George Pickens, Jamal Williams. You confident with this team if this was actually your squad? Yeah, no, I'm pretty confident with this team. Right now I'm going to be eyeing – some quarterback right here. Got my eyes on. Hopefully, A Rod drops to me. And it's looking like most of the teams in front of me all have quarterbacks. So he might fall to me in this 10th round. Yeah. And I think in the redraft league, it's still interesting, you, Doc, uh, to get 
you know, some depth, like maybe two quarterbacks before someone else can too, because you can use it as a trade piece and, you know, you get some players out of it as well. You know, it's definitely you scratch my back, I scratch your back. You went with the rookie, Quentin Johnston, out of the Chargers, TCU stud last year. Um, he's definitely paired there with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Oh, he went with the old Deshaun Watson pick. I was definitely eyeing him with my backup, followed by the rookie, uh, Carb Carbonet from UCLA. Cole Commit went the next pick. So I'm kind of going to stay away from a quarterback. No, I'm actually going to draft Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Oof. Not because Chris said it, but because Aaron Rodgers is a backup to Justin Fields. That's a matchup game. I could play Aaron Rodgers in certain games, play Justin Fields in certain games. Obviously, uh, A-Rod still, I think, is going to produce a little bit. He's not going to be my starter. Followed by Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Jackson Smith, Jigba, Alexander Madison, Chris Went, the other Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams from uh, the Lions, who he spent the first six games. Followed by Dotson from the Commanders, Elijah Moore, Bryce Young in it, the 10th round. So, rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, 10th round. Zach Ertz started the 11th round. Rashad Penny in the 11th. Damien Harris, the third pick of the 11th round. Doc, would you like Deshaun Watson as a backup, or do you think you actually might star more? Um, It's going to depend. I think uh, I think Houston's – I think Cleveland's finally got a quarterback. I think that uh, Cleveland has had weapons for for quite a few years now, and I think uh, you know the quarterback coming in. I think that you know he might he might be able to step up and take the starting spot on uh, two old, old two girls one cup. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then Chris chose the rookie Zay Flowers out of Boston College with Lamar Jackson. Good pick. Uh, followed by Cordell Patterson, who I think is going to take a hit this year just because of uh, Algier and and Bijan, who was drafted high. Trey Lance, uh, followed by that Clyde edwards Tolaire. Honestly, I think that's a worthless pick. Al Lazard, team pick eight, something I would have looked at, but I'm already kind of a receiver deep here. I have, I mean, I have four receivers and I do have three running backs. I have two rookies and well, a second year player. So I have some young guns, but I do think that I am going to draft Roshan Johnson. I think that he has a chance to take that spot for the Chicago Bears uh, by the end of the year. That was followed by Devin Singletary and then Kareem Hunt who's a free agent as well. Doc, you think Roshan Johnson, Texas running back, can take that spot from old uh, Deontay Foreman, another Texas running back as well? No, absolutely not. Julio Herbert's got that shit locked down and ain't going to change. Yeah, you never know. He might snap that leg. So, Chris, the Texas running backs, I have both of them on my squad. Another Uh, rookie. You like it? Yeah, I mean, once we're we're hitting these lower – draft picks you're just kind of throwing a dart at the board and hoping the shit sticks so i mean drafting rookies it's nice little go around yeah in this draft we also have kickers and tight end or i'm sorry kickers and defense as well so something that we normally goes a little later um definitely definitely like chris said you kind of towards these later rounds in a redraft league it's kind of you hopefully you take a steal um right there for uh for to hopefully Get you over the top. Doc chose the rookie running back out of Miami. Uh, a chain, first defense and kicker. Yeah. The first kicker and defense went, like Chris said. The 49ers kicker went after Doc's pick, followed by Evan Pearson. Surprise, uh, it wasn't Justin Tucker. I do think that a defense is more important in a fantasy league than a kicker because, I mean. I don't know, man, because a kicker can lose you a game. Kicker, kicker can, can lose you a game, game. pretty quick. So, so That's where it is. Too, so can a defense. 
Well, speaking of that defense, I am going to go I'm going to go Dallas defense. I'm going to take the second defense off the board. How about them Cowboys, America's team? Doc, I know that's your second team. You excited for the Cowboys this year? I am excited for the Eagles to take the division again. Not that I'm an Eagles fan by any means, but fuck them boys. So after the Cowboys defense went Patriots defense, Eagles defense, Bills defense. So we had a run on a defense there. Justin Tucker was off the board right before Chris. I'm pretty sure Chris would have chucking chucking Justin Tucker's. Is that Tyler there. Bass or Tyler Bass? Jesus Christ! Uh, ho, whoa! Don't don't ask the don't ask whoa. the chief that. Uh, <clears throat> Ar, uh, Chris chose his his running. Is that his first quarterback off the board, Chris? For you, first first quarterback. I'm gonna take the. Oh, he, Oh, and he went Richards. See, don't talk to me about dumb picks ever again. My man took hey, Richardson for his number one. I would have taken he, Danny Jones. But like we said, a quarterback can win you. Or sorry, you can find a quarterback later in the draft and get that depth positions for the uh, position player. No, Richardson, so, dude. I mean, no, Richardson. It's a redraft league, so, I mean, it could be it. He's going to be the starter. looks like from day one. I would have taken C.J. Stroud. Alvin Robinson was after that. Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end out of the Raiders. Followed by the Jets defense to end round 12. Hunter Renfro started round 13. Tyler Bass, Daniel Carlson, Chris Witt, OBJ, Daniel Jones, Bucker, Dolchich from the Titan or the Broncos, Jacoby Myers. Now I'm back on the clock as well. I already have two quarterbacks. I already have, you know, some depth there. I do need a backup tight end. And uh, I don't think he's going to be there in the ESPN league, but if I can get him there, I'm going to get Dalton Kincaid. In round thirteen, to back I think it's up, a good move. Uh, yeah, to back up my tight end, which I drafted Tyler or TJ Hawkinson. So, but Kincaid could be a trade piece because I'm pretty sure Hawkinson is going to be my starter pretty much all year long. Followed by that was CJ Stroud, Geno Smith, Doc Witt, Ravens defense. So he's got his defense. Uh, usually a solid defense, honestly, Chris. That's what Baltimore's known for, right? Yeah, they have that. They have that defense. It's surprising to see Baltimore drop. I mean, you you got the Patriots that went ahead of them, the Jets that went ahead of them. I mean, you got Sauce Gardner on the Jets, so you got that interception monster to get you points. Oh yeah, definitely. And and the Ravens are always usually an underrated fantasy defense. I've I've experienced that just because I've had them so much. Uh, Doc went uh, Tyler Boyd, followed by Brandon McManus. Tampa Bay Bucks defense. I'm on the clock, and you know what? I normally don't draft my team that much. This will be my second player. I'm going Young Wayhoku out of the Atlanta Falcons. Man's a goat. Um, I was I, I I almost took him. I almost because when I was looking at it and I'm looking at the offense for the Atlanta Falcons, I'm like, this is a kicker that's going to get most of the points for the offense. I almost did it, but but I saw Tyler and Boyd, and I I like Tyler Boyd for a 14th round. He's one of the better kickers in the league. Yeah, so with that being said, we have a fifth, our league's 15 rounds. You have six bench players, nine uh, stars. It used to be seven star bench players, but I took one away. I made it way more challenging, way more strategic. Um, also gives a chance for you know free agency as well, uh, something that we're not going to experience there. Uh, after that, it went the Titans, tight the Titans tight end Sam P Ryan Mostert, the Rams defense Chris went Nick Folk, Jared Goff, Sky Moore. Gerald Everett, Matt Gay, kicker, Chargers defense, Dolphins defense, Saints defense, which was Chris's pick. It's, by the way, guys, he normally drafts Saints defense in there. Uh, Mike Kazeski, Jalen Hyatt, which I, if he was there, when I would have gone there. I would have picked him. 
and then followed by Matt Prater, Jacoby Myers, and my last pick of this draft. Uh, honestly, I'm going to go same with Porter. I'm going to carry three Titans this year. Uh, Iowa back, Iowa Titan for the <clears throat> Detroit Lions. Chris, how do you feel about your mock draft? I'm feeling pretty good. A little iffy about my quarterback with AR, but we can always look at the waiver wire if he doesn't pan out to be the Lamar Jr. Exactly. And then after my pick, it was Peoples-Jones, Zay Jones, and then Doc got his kicker, Greg the leg Zerline out of the Jets team that will probably be scoring a lot. Doc, you like your team? I know it's a mock draft, but. Uh, not thrilled. Not thrilled. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I like my starters, maybe not so much my bench, but that's usually where I, I feel not as confident. A lot of rookies. Yeah, so this is everyone. This is kind of how the draft went on Sleeper. Um, like I said, hopefully Sleeper updates it because I don't think a lot of these rookies are going to be ranked so low. Um, so, like I said, keep tuned. We're, we're going to do a lot more fantasy mock drafts down the line. We're also going to do uh, some rankings. But let's move on, boys, and let's talk a little basketball. Let's start with the Western Conference because I want to end on a high note for, for my team. Um, the Denver Nuggets up 2-0 of the Los Angeles Lakers. You guys called the, the Nuggets winning the series. I went on the, the underdog side, went Lakers. Joker took game one over with, with Jamal Murray as well, 132-126. No defense, all offense. This game was a little more defense. Jamal Murray scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. The Lakers blew an 11-point lead. They lost 108-103. Chris, you surprised that it's not 1-1, or you you kind of expect that it's 2-0 right now going back to L.A.? I'm kind of surprised it's not 1-1 right now, but not the 2-0. I'm loving it. I mean, all we said last game was that A.D. had to step up for the Lakers to win, and that proved wrong. A.D. stepped up huge in the game one, scored a game high of 40 points, but the Joker was just on him. So yeah, even though the, I, yeah, even though the Joker, yeah, like I said, the Joker was on fire. Yeah, love to see. Even though it. he had a, a quiet fourth quarter, Doc, do you do you expect the Lakers to get both these games back at home, or do you think it ends in four, or what do you look at? Right no, now? I'm actually I'm hopeful that the series ends in three. I hope Game Three is just such a blowout that the Lakers, the NBA is like, look, LA just just uh, Denver's just going to move on to the next one. Uh, fuck LeBron. Um, I'm still. Laker, I'm, I'm still Nuggets in, in five most. Five at most. Yeah, like I said, I, I think the Lakers, Lakers got lucky, did, but they're running out of juice. I did I did say that I thought it might have been a home series, so every team wins at home, and then the Lakers could have potentially won game seven in the road. But after this, you know, they, they adjusted well in the fourth quarter, came back, and they started playing well the first three quarters, and then they, they blew the game. Like I said, they were up 11, and they allowed Jamal Murray, who's very underrated, in my opinion, to score 23 in the fourth. So, I'm not looking so right in that pick. I, I definitely swing towards Denver. Obviously, if you're up 2-0, I mean, you, sh- you should win the series. It doesn't matter if you're the home team or the road team. You should definitely, definitely close out. Um, I do think you guys are probably going to be right right now. And um, also, moving on to the, to me, the, I, I kind of am not as high in the series, the Lakers and uh, Nuggets, just not as interested right now. But interested in the Miami Heat. Up 1-0, boys. Took game one in the garden. Jimmy Butler drops 35-7-5. Carries Miami. What's new? Bam Bam had a big game. Our bench is looking good. Max Streis had a big, big third quarter. Uh, our 46-point quarter. Miami set their uh, highest points scored in a quarter. Doc, 
you are you expected of this? Do you expect Jimmy Butler to put everything on his shoulders, carry us to Will? He did say that they we're going to be back this year. He did promise that, and that's where we're at. We're back right now. He has to win that series to fulfill that promise. You think that is Jimmy Butler a bust? No, I don't think he's a bust. I mean, I, I I fully expected Jimmy to have to put the game on his shoulders, put the team on his shoulders. I mean, that's just that's the kind of mentality and the kind of player that he is and, and with what's surrounding him in Miami. Not that Miami's a shit team by any means, but, you know, good on him for being able to do that. Um, I am surprised that, that Miami took game one in the garden, but, uh, you know, plenty of series left. Yeah, definitely game one's always a feel-out game in every series. So um, maybe Boston adjust. They did struggle to get Jason Tatum going in the second half. He, for a while, only had five shots. The last, like, five minutes, it seemed like he was barely touching the ball in possessions. Chris, do you think that Jason Tatum and that Boston coaching staff has to get him going, like get him the ball, or you think they should just do what they're doing and just it's every other game somebody else? Yeah, I mean, we saw with last series that Tatum was the key to win for the Celtics. I mean, going to halftime, Boston, Boston looked in control. They controlled the paint. They took care of the ball. They made the shots they needed to make. And then after half, the game just turned upside down on their head. I mean, the Heat outscored the Celtics 46-25 to 25 in the second half. The combina- combination of the Celtics' defense failing in the third and then their offense just not stepping in the fourth is really what did the Celtics in. Yeah, and it seems like Boston lost a little of that defensive, defensive mindset when their coach got fired uh, after they took him to the finals. He was more of a defensive coach. His coach is more scoring points. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I, I think that if we could take game two going back to South Beach, I think the series is definitely over. I think if a road team's up 2-0, that's a lot more confident than a home team being up 2-0. Um, pl- I mean, both arenas are pretty hard to play in. The crowds are ruckus there. Miami's the time, obviously the Garden. We know how Boston, their fans are. They're, they're wild, they're rowdy. And speaking of wild and rowdy, Doc, we touched on it. Doc Rivers got fired We right after we covered that episode, literally the day after, man got fired. We both said he's overrated. You think if Phillies is a mess? You think that they're still going to compete in the Easter Conference? What's Philly doing? No, they're still going to compete. They still got a squad. I think that they just need a guy that can execute late in the series. I think they need to bring in uh, uh, the guy from Milwaukee and see what he can do. Do what see what he can do in Philly. And Chris, they said a driving force potentially could have been James Harden was the reason he got fired. Do you think that James Harden? Because there's been rumors he might go back to Houston. He, he's going to test for agency. You think it was James Harden, and you think James Harden stays? No, I mean, it might have been James Harden in the year of somebody. I think James Harden stays for another year at least. I think, I mean, if I was a coach, I'd be scared to lose any of these playoff games. It seems like any coach that lost a series this year got fired right after. So, I mean, teams are cutthroat these days. If you're not winning, you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, if you're not winning, you're out. Yeah, and I'm just not a big James Harden fan in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, the man disappears, but – Philly is a good team from the beyond if he wants to try and win, but I just don't see Philly getting over the hump. I just don't believe in the team they have. And let's end the show with a bang. John Morant uh, caught on Instagram Live, this time not his Instagram Live, his buddy's Instagram Live, who was a guy that got banned from the Memphis Grizzlies games after having altercations with the Indiana Pacers traveling team. Caught John Morant on Instagram Live waving a gun in the car. Obviously, I don't know what state it was. Don't know the laws. He's allowed to have it in the car, not in the glove department. Obviously, it's not safe 
in my mind personally because let's say your buddy hits the brake, right? And you're pointing that gun at you or your friend's on accident. He hits the brakes and your hands on the trigger or your triggers or your fingers on the trigger and you squeeze it. Potentially could kill yourself, could kill somebody else. You could cause the driver to sway over. They get in a car accident. I mean, it's just a bonehead move, especially after two months ago when he promised not to do this again. Got eight games before. Chris, what should the league do with this? Yeah, I think he should be out. I mean, this man is a complete idiot. You're over here making over $200 million to dribble a basketball. What in your right mind are you doing to think I should flash a gun on Instagram Live? And the Instagram Live only had, what, like 100 people on there? It wasn't like there was thousands of people watching this man. Like, I mean, it only, it was it only takes interview. one person. It takes one person on Instagram Live to screen record it, screenshot it, anything, and that's what happened. Doc, Power Rated Nike stood by him last time. Do you think the sponsors are going to wait for the suspension? What do you think they're going to do, uh, like Power Rated Nike especially? I mean, if it's up to me, I'm dropping it. I'm dropping This is a guy that, you know, when they came out with the suspension too, it wasn't just a legal thing. It was the fact that you are a face of the NBA. You are a guy that is impressionable or, or a, a role model to impressionable young minds. And they made that very clear that you cannot conduct yourself in that manner for these kids that are looking up to you um, to, to play ball. So I think that the NBA needs to come out with a much stiffer punishment. I'm thinking – I mean, if you if you want to if you want to curb the image and and put a stop to the nonsense, um, twenty five games minimum. I'd like to see half a season. I'd like to see yes, half that's... a season unpaid. Really take that money, hurt them. The sponsorships will drop them. Really make it a point, drive it home that this is unacceptable behavior. Not to mention, you had the first one, and it didn't take you long to get the second strike. Well, you get three strikes and you're out, Doc. That's the old baseball term. That's what I'm saying, so, but you know, it, it, this wasn't like it was years later. We're talking weeks later, months later. You know, you got caught right back up in the same shit. If I'm if I'm commissioner of the NBA, you just slapped me in the face and told me that it, it didn't matter what we did. You don't take us seriously. It's time to come down with the hammer. Half a season is what I'd like to see. Let him pay for it. I do believe, though, Doc. The first instance. Uh, most clubs and bars, you're not allowed to have a gun. Obviously, it's based on the business as well. Even if you have an open carry or concealed carry, whatever, you still can't. Have, it's a business. It's you know, yeah, it's still policy. waving it around. Yeah, but I think and I most, think that so so that so that that is the legal part. If he's at the club doing it, that's that's illegal. I mean, or it's breaking the law. Or no, no, no. I'm not rules. saying that there was no so. legal, but there was more that was talked about with it than just the legal side with the NBA. Yeah, and speaking of this, the commissioner, if this was David Stern. Rest in peace, his, you know. Rest in peace, his soul. He, like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless said on their show, that man wasn't a guy like Adam Silver. Who Adam Silver is more of a, a players uh, commissioner, which the NBA yep. does run the league uh, out of all the leagues. But David Stern, man, that man might have been gone for a whole year because if you crossed him more than once, and you know you promised him. Oh, David Stern, man, play. oh, David Stern, yeah, he was hardball. And Adam Silver, you know, I mean, I get it. He likes to see both sides. He's, I felt like he's done a good job as commissioner, but he's more of a, a people's. Uh, commissioner, but man, I'm telling you, if I was commissioner and you you lied to me and you said, "Hey, blah blah, this I'm gonna change," I don't know, man. I don't know how I could let that go. Yeah, you know? change so yeah. well. And people are saying rehabilitation. I don't think he needs rehab. I don't think it's a a mental illness this man has. I think he's just being immature and stupid. I, I don't think he's sick in the head. I don't think he he's feels invisible. Bad guy. 
No, he yeah, just feels he invisible. Just... He thinks that he's above everybody else, and he just he thinks the rules don't apply to him, and he can get away with whatever he wants because he's a professional basketball player, and it's time to show him that's not the case. And like all, all these athletes, former athletes have said on TV, if you're going to do it, don't go on fucking IG Live. Just do it in your own privacy. It's or just don't right? do it. Just, just don't do it. What do you need too. to do it for? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like Chris, like Chris, you think like honestly, he should just if he's gonna do it, just don't put it in the public eye. Where it's like saying, don't it. drink and drive, just don't put it on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Drink and drive without telling anybody. Just, just don't, don't put it on Instagram. No, just don't do the shit. It's dangerous. It's stupid. You're being a knucklehead. Cut it out. I mean, what what really are you benefiting or gaining from flashing a gun, jamming exactly. out music? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's like I said. I, I said you showed some I titties. That's one thing. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, uh, I do think though, like I said, it's a safety thing. It's just God forbid something happens, your your driver accidentally brake checks, accidentally something, you know, swerves, and your fingers on the trigger. You know, you might you might freak out because you get nervous because you think you're in a car accident and you you shoot it. And that's just a whole another instance that you don't want to go down. You don't want, you don't want to go down that road of, you know, you accidentally killed yourself. You accidentally killed the driver, someone in the back seat because you were acting immature with a gun. I mean, we teach gun laws and, and gun safety and how like this country is and all that. I don't want to get into that whole dynamic, but honestly, you want to teach it and say it out loud, but then you don't want to do that as well. You don't want to condone what you're saying. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a big issue. You need to be safe, especially with that kind of things. Guns aren't, something you want to fuck around with it, especially in a car and something God forbid can happen. You get other people hurt. Just, just a bonehead move. Immaturity. He comes from a, what well, seems a good family. So I, I, he knows better. He's just, like you said, doc, he's choosing not to do the right thing. Yep. And with teach that being said, boys, yeah, teach him a lesson. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. We'll definitely address that. Chris, great to hear your voice, man. Great to do this mock draft with you. It went a little longer than we thought. I mean, I think the mock draft is going to go that long. Um, can't wait to do more of this. Wait to do some more fantasy rankings, talk basketball, talk football. Great to hear your voice, my friend. Yeah, no, love to be here in the sack house. Love to be talking balls with you boys. I'm grateful. Yeah. Doc, speaking of balls, I'm, I'm glad that you brought some good ball talk today. And uh, great to hear your voice as always. Can't wait to hear it again on Monday evening when we go live with our next episode. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure to be here, Mark. Love you guys. Love the sack house. Love sack nation. Can't wait for the next one. Yep, and love as always. I love what I'm doing. I love it. it's just a big passion. Sports is everything to me. Uh, my daughter in sports, dude. That's all I, I can ask for in life. And I'm Mark Davis. That is Nick the Docs Kirkwins. That is Chris Meinhart. We are all about the Balls Podcast. We are always in the sack house. And as we like to end the show, we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.